From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. Thank you for joining us for another broadcast of Let the Bible Speak. Today we continue a series of studies on the doctrine of the person and work of the Holy Spirit. Messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, please enjoy this devotional thought taken from Morning and Evening by Charles Haven Spurgeon. This morning's text comes from Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. When our Lord in mercy passed by and saw us in our blood, He first of all said, Live. And this He did first, because life is one of the absolutely essential things in spiritual matters, and until it be bestowed, we are incapable of partaking in the things of the kingdom. Now the life which grace confers upon the saints at the moment of their quickening is none other than the life of Christ, which, like the sap from the stem, runs into us the branches and establishes a living connection between our souls and Jesus. Faith is the grace which perceives this union, having proceeded from it as its first fruit. It is the neck which joins the body of the church to its all-glorious head. O faith! Thou bond of union with the Lord, is not this office thine? And thy fit name in the economy of gospel types and symbols apposite, the church's neck, identifying her in will and work, with him ascended? Faith lays hold upon the Lord Jesus with a firm and determined grasp. She knows his excellence and worth, and no temptation can induce her to repose or trust elsewhere. And Christ Jesus is so delighted with this heavenly grace that he never ceases to strengthen and sustain her by the loving embrace and all-sufficient support of his eternal arms. Here, then, is established a living, sensible, and delightful union which casts forth streams of love, confidence, sympathy, complacency, and joy, whereof both the bride and bridegroom love to drink. When the soul can evidently perceive this oneness between itself and Christ, the pulse may be felt as beating for both, and the one blood is flowing through the veins of each. Then is the heart as near heaven as it can be on earth, and is prepared for the enjoyment of the most sublime and spiritual kind of fellowship.
Over the years that Let the Bible Speak has been on the air, we've had many encouraging letters, emails, and phone calls from listeners who have been blessed through this ministry. Every week sees a number of requests for the literature and other items that we offer on each broadcast. Those responses have warmed our hearts and encouraged us greatly. As we come to the close of another year, it may be that you would like to share what the Lord has done for you or how He has blessed you through these daily Christ-centered programs. We would welcome such testimonies. You may be sure that there will be no follow-up calls or emails, nor will your information be shared with anyone outside this ministry. If you care to send us your testimony of how the Lord has used Let the Bible Speak in your life, simply email us at info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org or call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. If you prefer regular mail, you may write us at Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. We look forward to hearing from you.
On today's broadcast, Dr. Cairns continues a message called Sealed with the Spirit, part of this series of studies in the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. The text is found in Ephesians chapter 1, the second half of verse 13. In whom, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. In verse 3 of this chapter, Paul states that God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Part of those blessings involves this sealing by the Spirit. In the first place, this seal places the Spirit's distinctive mark on all believers in Christ. Although that mark may be more obvious in some Christians than in others, it must be there to some extent, or else the person is not saved. As we'll see, it is a seal indicating divine ownership, showing that the believer belongs to Christ. Now, Dr. Cairns continues this message, Sealed with the Spirit. There's an interesting verse over in the book of uh, Solomon's Song, chapter 4, verse 12. A garden enclosed is my sister, my spouse, a spring shut up, a fountain sealed. In ancient times, and especially in a place like the Middle East, where water is such a very precious commodity, and good, clean, clear, sweet spring water is not something uh, to be despised. In ancient times, a monarch or a very important person, finding such a spring or such a fountain on his property, would enclose it, would cover it over with a great stone. He would come and have the stone rolled away. He would use it for his own uses, and then he would cover it again, and it would be sealed that no other could come to use it. Now, this is used spiritually in Song of Solomon as a picture of the Church of Christ, the Bride of Christ. And as a bride is to be chased and is sealed off from every other but her own bridegroom. So the church is to be chased, a chaste virgin unto Christ, and she is sealed to the outside world. But what seals her is this mark of God. God places a mark upon a believer, which in effect says, this person is in the world, but separated off from the world. This person is in the world, but is not to commit sin, or what James calls spiritual adultery with the world. This person in the world is yet marked as the, the very bride of Christ, the very child of God, and is marked with purity and with holiness. That is the mark of the sealing spirit. tell you, my friend, that while the degrees of sanctification are obviously different in all believers, the man or the woman who has never borne anything of the mark of Christ in this life needs to be saved 
you will not bear that mark of which John spoke in the book of the Revelation, his name upon your forehead, if you don't in this life have the mark of the Holy Spirit of God that marks you as a Christian. First thing the seal does is make a stamp, a mark, an impression. Secondly, the, the seal of the Holy Ghost is the assurance of divine ownership. Notice, as I was speaking from Song of Solomon chapter 4, that seal upon the sealed fountain said, This is owned by the man whose mark is upon the seal. That's the message. Now in Ephesians chapter 1, it's interesting that we read of the purchased possession. We should get the order of things here. The teaching is very clear that every person that the blood of Jesus Christ purchases, the Spirit of Jesus Christ seals as belonging to Him. As soon as a man believes in Christ, the Holy Spirit puts that stamp upon him, and that stamp says, this man belongs to Jesus Christ. Now, just uh, stepping off on a little tangent here, let me say that you'll immediately notice that this is a strong evidence for what we call definite, particular redemption. That is a redemption that's perfectly successful, an atonement that really, really atones. The Holy Spirit of God will not allow one person whom Christ purchased with his shed blood on the cross to go unpossessed. Every person that Jesus purchased with his blood will be and must be sealed by the Spirit of God and have the stamp of Christ's ownership placed upon him. This is the meaning of the seal. Let me illustrate it from the, the book of Romans, chapter 15, verse 28. Paul is speaking of going up to Jerusalem to deliver the gifts to the saints there that uh, had been given in the offerings in Macedonia and Achaia. And uh, in verse 28 he says, When therefore I have performed this, and have sealed to them this fruit, I will come by you into Spain. Now he's going up to give them the gifts that had been made over to them by the Christians in Macedonia and Achaia. And he says, when I have sealed to them this fruit. What does he mean? He says, in effect, when I have placed them in actual possession of the gifts of this property that has been made over to them. The sealing means to place into the actual possession of a person. And when the Holy Spirit seals us, He is placing us actually into the very possession of the Lord 
Lord Jesus Christ. The hymn writer had this in mind when he said, Now I belong to Jesus. Jesus belongs to me. He possesses his people. Now you'll find that uh, this is oftentimes a great theme in Scripture. I was thinking of the words of Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, he that formed thee, O Israel, listen, fear not, for I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. Thou art mine. When the Holy Spirit seals a man, he places that man as the actual possession of Christ and stamps upon him the fact that he is owned by the Lord Jesus. Now, that leads us to something that we will look at in more detail in a later study, but it leads us to the whole area of the assurance of salvation. To many people, to say, I am saved beyond all doubt, reeks of presumption. In fact, even through history, there have been some great preachers who have been scared of too strong a doctrine of assurance. The Protestant reformers were very strong in this doctrine of assurance, and I feel we do well to follow them in this. Is it mere presumption to say, I am saved, I am sure I am saved, I have a good ground to believe I am saved, I have a, a rock-solid certainty that I am saved and I am going to heaven. Now, I know there are people who say all those things, and they don't have assurance, and they have no ground of assurance. I have dealt with more people who are looking for assurance when what they need to be looking for is God's salvation. But when a man believes in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit can make him sure. This is the feeling of the Spirit, and he does it in two ways. First of all, he assures the believer of the truth of the gospel's promise. That's the first thing he does. The Westminster Confession of Faith, dealing with the doctrine of Scripture, very rightly says that you may be convinced, and I think the emphasis is upon uh, intellectually being convinced, by various arguments that this is the Word of God. The various excellencies, as the Confession calls it, of Scripture gives strong arguments that this is the very inspired, inerrant Word of God. But ultimately, it takes the ministry of the Holy Spirit of God upon the heart to convince the heart of the truth of the Word of God in such a way as to make any real spiritual difference to you. You see, my friend, when the Spirit seals a believer, He makes that believer grasp whatever men say, whatever critics say, 
theologians say, whatever modernists say, however unable the, the believer himself may be intellectually and through scholarship to deal with the objections, the Holy Ghost witnesses in his heart, this is the very Word of God. I spoke a minute or two ago about the gift of wisdom and prudence and the knowledge of the mystery of God's will. Well, here it is in operation. The world may stand up. Every scientist that the devil ever sent to curse the Word of God may stand up. Every ungodly theologian may raise his voice and criticize and deny and curse the Bible. But in the heart of the believer, there is a witness of the Spirit. And the Bible is assured to him to be the very Word of God. I want to tell you, a man is not a Christian who does not believe that the Bible is the Word of God. That man's not saved. Because the Holy Spirit, when He seals a believer, will first and foremost make that believer know that this gospel truth is absolutely sure. And then having made him sure that this is true, having borne witness in his heart that he can stake his life for time and eternity upon this word, having made him understand that this is a Gibraltar rock that will never be moved, and he can put the full weight of his dependence upon it, when he rests in Christ, the Holy Spirit tells this man, that he has personally a saving interest in the promises of the gospel. There is an assurance that comes by looking at the scriptures and saying, the Bible says, him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. I have come to Christ, therefore he will not cast me out. That is one line of assurance and a very important line. That's the Holy Spirit convincing a man of the truth of the promise. But there is a deeper and uh, therefore more precious line of assurance growing out of that. One great Puritan preacher, Thomas Goodwin, said that that line of assurance that comes from saying, for instance, him that cometh I will in no wise cast out, I came, therefore he will not cast me out. He says that is... Uh, discursive, or we would maybe say instructive. That's based on the instruction of the Word. Very precious. But he says then there is that deeper assurance that he called intuitive, where the Spirit who wrote that Word comes himself and witnesses to my heart, not only is this the very truth of God, but you personally have a vital saving interest in the truth of this gospel. The seal of the Spirit then is the assurance and the evidence of divine ownership. What? Know ye not, says Paul, that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? You are not your own. You are not your own. Much less are you the world's. 
What a sad thing it is to see people who have the stamp of divine ownership upon them trying to live as if they belonged to this world. You are not your own. Thank God you're not the devil's. And you're not the world's. You belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. My, keep that in mind. And it will certainly dictate your life more scripturally and more spiritually than you could other, otherwise do. You belong to Jesus. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, founded by Dr. Alan Cairns. Let the Bible Speak is also heard in many parts of the world through the international radio outreach of Let the Bible Speak, produced in Northern Ireland. The Free Presbyterian Church stands without apology for the absolute inerrancy of the Bible, emphasizing preaching that centers on the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ and is militant in its stand against the ecumenical apostasy and the efforts of the world to infiltrate the church. For further information about the Free Presbyterian Church, you may email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. You may call us at 864-244-2408, or you may write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Again, that's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Also, we encourage you to visit the website of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America at www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. (music) 